And our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. And our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. At this time, I'd like for everyone that is not a mother, if you don't know that, Let's stand. If you're not a mother, stand. All right? If you can reach a church bulletin right there, on the back of the church bulletin right there, you'll see a song. It's to the faith of our fathers, but it's written to our mothers. And we're going to sing three verses of it. Ask y'all to join in with us. Faith of our mothers. Along with Dad's sermon, as you can see in the bulletin, this song goes along with uh, a woman's faith. And uh, Matthew 9, 19 through 22, it says, And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman, which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. 
And that woman was made whole from that hour. Happy Mother's Day, moms. Been ostracized for 12 years. I'm used to being alone. Spent everything I had and now it's gone. I'm used to being put down. My issues tell it all. My only hope is anchored in this fall. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'd be I could just press my way through this madness. His love would heal my soul if only one touch. So many people calling, how could he ever know? That just a brush of him would stop the flow. If he knew, would he rebuke me or shame me to the crowd? Well, I'm desperate because it's never or it's now. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'd be made whole if I could just press my way through this madness his love would heal my soul and then suddenly he turned around he said somebody has unleashed my power well, frightened and embarrassed, I bowed. You see, I told him of my trouble and how, how I had to touch the hem of his garment. Somehow he pressed his way through my madness, and his love has healed my soul. That with one word he touched the hem of my garment, and you know I've been made whole. And somehow he pressed his way. Tell you he touched me. He reached way down and touched me when no one else could touch. 
Thank you, Taylor. And uh, Caleb and the choir, the men for getting up there. As a lot of them, that was a step of bravery. And uh, I've got a presentation for a young lady here. We've got one missing in action, Miss Becky Bates. I think she went to go check on her mom and uh, where she's at. And uh, someone asked if Miss Avery Hawkins, would you please come up here? Got a presentation for you. All right. Isn't this cool? You get to come up here in front of all these people here. Go. I want you to hold that. I just want to say a couple of quick words. And, and of course, uh, Miss Avery's testimony is really neat. Miss Pam uh, having the opportunity to lead uh, her granddaughter to the Lord. And so that is just too awesome. I want to have a quick word of prayer. Okay, Avery? Dear Lord, I just thank you so very much for parents and grandparents that try to say and do the right things with their grandkids just to be a good example. And I pray that Avery would just accept this Bible as a gift from Promised Land to just take it and to use it for your honor and glory. Uh, Father, I pray your blessings upon her mom and dad and her entire family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Give me a hand. There you go. Good job. All right. Thank you. Of course, we had already had uh, the baptism and and uh, and everything, and then just had two more. And uh, Lord willing, we'll have another one this evening. And everything goes as planned. And I'm just thrilled to be here before you. I miss everyone whenever uh, I'm out of town, uh, whether it be for revival or uh, vacation or or what have you. And uh, just uh, had a great day. I enjoy the Armadillo Day. I especially enjoy it when I win a hundred dollars. That's that's always helpful. And uh, somebody, Chamber of Commerce or somebody, I don't know who in the world. They just said, "Brother Michael, you're in the minute to win it contest." And uh, so got up there, minute to win it contest, and almost got eliminated by Miss Lisa right off the bat. She and I had about the same amount of M and M's left, and. We was trying to figure out what to do, and I was trying. I had some falling, and uh, so we were basically tied, and she should have went on ahead probably. She had a different M&M color and a different cup, and Miss Betty, she was experienced, and, and uh, she was dominating and just happened to get beat out by somebody else in those tissue game, pulling out tissues. And uh, But the thing I think she did such a great job was when she flipped that cookie off her forehead into her mouth. And, uh, I mean, I hope somebody got that on film. And uh, she did it. Oh, it come down there. And <laughs> she may do a replay after church. I don't know. No? Okay. And uh, so just our, our moms are multi-talented, you know. And uh, so we had all that going on. It came down to me and Chip Lacaze and the, uh, I think he's still fire chief. There in Hamburg and and uh, blowing ping pong balls out of one cup of water into another cup of water and uh, I, the only reason I had a leg up is I had seen that done before on TV and I knew that how to blow on that just a short puff and uh, and thank the Lord knocked it out basically I broke even because my kids ate and purchased a hundred dollars worth of stuff <laughs> so all I did was break even for the day. And uh, so that was great. And, uh, of course, I had 
promised to put it in the offering plate, and that I did. And so just uh, just thank the Lord for His blessings. Let's head to First Timothy chapter one. First Timothy chapter one, beginning with verse one. Excuse me, second should be Second Timothy, probably my typo. And uh, on there, Second Timothy chapter one, beginning with verse one. It says here, 2 Timothy 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son. Now, of course, he considered him his son in the ministry. And uh, he says here, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers day and night, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned, that means uh, if you have a King James Bible, the unfeigned not faked or without hypocrisy, the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Let me stop there and just deal quickly with verses 1 through 4, then we'll move on. But in looking at this passage here, I think about my mom, and uh, I've been blessed with, of course, an awesome mom and an awesome stepmom. Of course, my mom is the one who led me to the, to the Lord, to Jesus, to a saving knowledge. And I thank the Lord for Avery's testimony, a grandmother, and uh, just the same association there, that you can have spiritual. Listen, there's something wrong uh, in our families. If we cannot have spiritual conversations with our kids and our grandkids, and I think about here, what does Timothy say in here? He says, number one, I'm remembering. I'm remembering some things. Also, it says, I miss you. Man, of course, he's writing Second Timothy from prison. And think about that. I think about uh, many of us, uh, the unfeigned faith. Uh, and I, before I get to some of these points about uh, prayer in verse, verses 1 through 4, he says, I'm praying for you night and day. My mother found a whole new level of prayer whenever we started driving. She said, oh, my, and it's so true. And we started doing that with Taylor and she started driving. Now, I mean, the biggest thing, it probably we prayed a whole bunch when Taylor as a junior wrote an essay with the encouragement of Mr. Adams, her history teacher there at Hamburg High School. And she won. Uh, there's only two people in every state in the United States that go uh, to the uh, academy there at uh, Washington, D.C. It's equivalent to a college course in two weeks taught by professors. And she got to go to Gettysburg and be taught to by a bunch of things. But we're putting her on a plane by herself, first time ever to fly on a commercial jet alone. Well, I'm ironing out all the instructions that she had to go through and different things, but that was a first huge trip away from us and of course they had all kind of chaperones and different things and it was a 
really cool adventure. Uh, ask her about it. It's really cool. But many of you have been there. You've seen your kids go off on their own, make decisions, sometimes bad decisions. You know, some of the worst thing that you could ever do is always, always rescue your child from a bad decision. Sometimes we need to let them uh, reap what they sow and go through it. Folks, success doesn't always come when you make right decisions. Success comes even when you make wrong decisions, but you learn from them. Some of the greatest life lessons are from your failures, not your successes. You'll remember them a whole lot better. Well, that was easy. You know, no problem. Piece of cake. Knocked it out of the park. Folks, the greatest life lessons that you can ever learn are from your failures. Whenever you go through the tough times, I was recently reading uh, uh, two things. I, I just for some reason had a whim, uh, checked out a couple books, ordered a couple more on my uh, my Kindle edition for my iPhone. And uh, there's uh, two people that were in Nazi camps during World War II, the diaries of Anne Frank and Corey Tim Boom, also known as the book The Hiding Place. If you've ever seen the Christian classics, awesome books. I mean, think about the faith of a mom. I'm put in prison. I'm going to be exterminated. I'm going to be killed just because I'm a Jew. Just because uh, you're some other race. I mean, he did it to African Americans, Polish. We said Poles, different things. Just because you're right, you're going to be killed. Just because you were born a Jew. Tremendous things. I was uh, also reading an excerpt uh, from Chuck Swindoll. And uh, they happened to have, before she passed away, uh, Corey Ten Boom uh, there in Dallas, Texas at his church. And they said, Corey Ten Boom is in the audience. She's going to speak. And uh, so they let her get up. Just said, she said, a couple of sentences, said an offertory prayer, said, I'd never seen anybody get a standing ovation for an offertory prayer. Uh, but it was more or less because of her legacy. Think about the moms whenever you're, uh, uh, I mean, you have a child that's gone away uh, to a foreign country or, or in jail, in prison, doing different things, just whether it be for the right reasons or the wrong reasons, folks, Moms that are on their knees in prayer can make a difference in the life of their children and their grandchildren and their entire families. So we don't have really probably enough parents on our knees in prayer. Notice praying day and night. In our text it says, I have, verse 3, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers day and night. And then it says, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears. Um, you know, I think about it, you know, and my mom is going through something that she's never gone through in her life. And that is, we all have gone and left them in East Texas. Now, uh, of course, I really don't have a choice, really, where I live, uh, if I follow God's will. Okay, if I follow God's will, and my mom was very accepting of that whenever I was 18, surrendered to preach and still living at home. 
It's easy to accept it then. I'll never forget the time that I came back from Romania and Russia. Mom called me because I was just bubbling over with the adventure and the excitement and the things that God did while I had the opportunity to serve there for a month. And uh, my church was very gracious. First Baptist Church in Wales got to go over there for a month and just uh, just preach from everything. Got to see the business end. That means the barrel end of an AK-47 as I was questioned six times before I got to church in Transnistria, Russia. And uh, that was interesting. And uh, so just get to, and, you know, anytime you're driving through a military checkpoint and the, and the Romanian guy says, Brother Michael, pray Pray that we make it through. I'm saying, what'd you get me into? I mean, I'm trying to go to church and preach and whatnot, and I preached through. It was crazy, but that's another story. But my mom, she called me up, and she said, uh, Michael, God's not calling you to Romania, is he? I said, no, ma'am, he's not calling me to Romania. I said, somebody has to pastor the churches here to send those missionaries over there, okay? Just like we did with Brother Joel. It's great to have Anita uh, with us, and even though it's for she's hurt and injured and whatnot, but glad the Lord's working that out. But you know, think about that. There are there are whole families that have that you see your children, whether it's going away and doing things. I mean, like right now, there's you may be separated. Some of you, and I admire it. I mean, you say, well, I grew up in Ashley County, grew up in this county or whatnot. And basically, I have my family and my kids and my kids and my kids' kids and all of these. And we're still all in the same county. And that's very admirable. But whenever your kids move off far away and you don't get to see them hardly at all. And that's what he's saying here. I I long to see you. Folks, the longer you serve the Lord, that's the way God is with you. And he longs to see you. Moving on to the, you know, a faith that is real. I love that song. Matter of fact, I, I knew there was a song that Taylor sang that had to do with a woman's faith. And I couldn't remember the name of it. And she was going through her CDs and I thought about that. I mean, what kind of faith is that? That if I could just touch a hymn and just touch a piece of Jesus' clothes, that I would be healed and made whole but did you know all of you had the same faith if i could just pray a simple prayer to god he will save me and make me whole if you're saved this morning that's the way you got saved you asked jesus to be your savior and all of you got saved that away in verse five i think about a faith that's passed down now let me ask you this let's be real here this morning for just a few minutes do we have any grandkids or kids that aren't living exactly too good, very, very well? Do we have any kids or grandkids in our church that's not doing right? That's one of them duh questions. Duh. You know, that's the answer to that one. Well, duh, Brother Michael. Of course, we all have kids and grandkids that aren't living right. Well, fo- folks... What's wrong with our faith if we can't pass it down? Now, what I mean by that is, is that sometimes it's out of our hands. You did the best job you could do as a parent or grandparent. That's when we hit our knees. That's all we can do. But folks, what about parents or grandparents that don't pass their faith down? Don't live it 
Now, I'm not talking about, well, I'm going to send my kid to church. That's not passing your faith down. Taking your kid to church. Now, that's passing your faith down. There's a big difference between sending my kid to church and taking my kid to church. That's a faith passed down. What does it say here? I see the faith that's in you. But guess what? Paul apparently had met Timothy's mom and grandmother. Because what did he say? I saw it which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. And I'm persuaded that it's in thee also. Well, let's move on to the third point, which is this. A faith that is real will remind you of what's important. In looking at this, and uh, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Talking about, do you remember whenever we all got around you, Timothy, and we prayed and we laid our hands on you? It wasn't to receive some sort of mystical power, but it was approval and authority of the Holy Spirit of God. Anybody who's been ordained has been through that. It was an approval mechanism that was done publicly, by the way. And he said, you know what? I think about whenever it comes to moms, moms always have a knack of reminding you. I remember uh, when I first got to preaching, and, uh, and I thank the Lord for this graduation ring that I have on that was purchased by Promised Land. Matter of fact, inside it says right there, Promised Land. And always remind me of the sacrifice. My uh, Promised Land purchased it, and my daughter and wife designed it. But... So this ring means more to me uh, because of sentimental reasons than really monetary. And I think about that. And But I was getting up preaching, and I had a bad habit. I was didn't know what to do with my hands, and I played with my rings with my thumbs like that. My mom was on me. I mean, she and she, Michael, stop doing that. Where's your hands when you're preaching? Do this, do that. And, you know, and I uh, said, said, is your, you know, my mom, even now my wife, and I can't leave the house without an iron shirt. So if I take this jacket off, it's an iron shirt. You know, it, are your shoes polished? They, yeah, they better be, son. Said, she will come over here from East Texas and get me if those shoes aren't polished. And so just little things, something, I mean, may not, it doesn't amount to hill of beans to a man. You know, where, you know, give me some roughed up cowboy boots or something like that. That's what I want to wear. You know, but moms have a knack of reminding you. I mean, you know, whether it be, have you studied? Hmm? Are you procrastinating? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? Moms have a knack. And every one of y'all know what your mom or grandmother has a knack of reminding you of. And then God sends you a wife. Okay. No, just kidding. I remember, I remember the years. I was, I lived for years as a single guy. Moved out of the house when I was eighteen, and uh, so got married when I was twenty-two. There's why I make up a bed, hmm? you know? Why, why I make up a bed? I'm gonna get back in it whenever the night hits, you know, again, you know. But now she's got me trained, brother Billy. Matter of fact, I do it just to please. I know that pleases my wife. I can, I get brownie points or whatever. I can just by doing that and uh, get on her good side. She comes. Bread's made. 
Before she gets out of the shower, get out, bed's made, you know, and what have you. But moms have a knack. Hey, it's okay to please your mom or your wife. Do that for them because you love them. So I think about that. I want to put you, remind you of what's really important. And you know what he says? I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. The greatest thing you can do is live for the Lord. Moving on to the next point, a faith that is real is not afraid. In verse 7 and 8, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Be not afraid. Well, you know what? I'm fisting. I'm about to. I'm about to meddle. Y'all say, don't say amen. Say, uh oh. <clears throat> There's some dads in here that can. If it walks, we can kill it and skin it and eat it. But uh, you know, and I see these moms with these kids. There ought to be all males in the nursery this morning. Whether, amen or oh me. I think I think about that. You know, man. You know, if I can, if I can get guts and blood all over my face, you know, and some of y'all, y'all couldn't do this if it, your life depended on it. And that's change a dirty diaper. You know, you know, there is no way. But you can guarantee you, you can skin a a skunk if you wanted to. You know, we should be able, I'm, I told you I was going to meddle. Sometimes it takes guts to be a real man, okay? And that's doing things that you don't like to do. You know, sometimes in life, the the right thing to do, the right thing to do is a hard thing to do. The right thing to do is a hard thing to do. And uh, maybe uh, I said, get out of my comfort zone, so to speak, you know. Do something that I've never done before. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm really enjoying right now trying to lose a little weight, get back in shape. Well, B-Buddy is a running machine. Did y'all know that? I mean, yesterday he passed his Zoom and uh, passed up my even my son in that 5K race yesterday. And uh, But I'm enjoying trying to get back in shape and run and do, do this and do that. And uh, just, you know, next year, challenge on, B-Buddy. Going down. May take me till next year. But boy, he's in great shape. He's awesome. And uh but I'm en- I'm enjoying the, the thrill of it and I've lost twenty five pounds since two months ago and just trying to get don't have any lungs any but the lungs will they'll be there. Doing something that you've never I don't care whether it's writing a write a handwritten letter to somebody, encourage them. Do something that you've never done. Get out of your comfort zone. Write a letter to a missionary if you can't think of anybody I'll give you. A faith that's not afraid. You know what the greatest thing you can do that maybe you haven't done in a while? Invite somebody to church. Oh, by the way, that's not witnessing. But I'm trying to make it easy for you. Okay? Invite somebody to church that you hadn't invited before. And if you really want a challenge... I've never, ever, ever done this just... Probably over a thousand times now in my life. Could I, could I tell you how I met Jesus? 
You know, I'm going to share with you how I came to know the Lord. Every how you want to phrase it, there's a lot of ways you can, you and I can phrase it. How, did you know I've never had anybody say no? Of course, I would do it when I had, you know, I can do it in about two minutes. And I do it when I have two minutes. Okay, just two. You have to fly, though, if you're going to do it in two. Some of y'all are long-winded, okay? Huh. You know, so you better fly if you can do it in two minutes how you got saved. How you came to know that never been turned down. Did you know you're not asking them to make a decision, but you're planting a seed? You're planting a seed of the gospel. All right. And so say, well, I'm afraid God hadn't given us a spirit of fear. Last point. Are you ready? And then men are going to start cooking. I know you've already planned it for lunch. You did, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Verse eight. He says, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions. So he's writing from prison, and he said, Don't be ashamed of me. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Verse 9, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. A faith that is real has a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, before I call on Brother Norman for us to have a song of invitation, a faith that is real has a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, our church does a lot of good things. More we're involved with, we support seminaries, even though, did you know that seminaries don't directly spread the gospel, but they train men to. Does that make sense? We support, I think, six or seven different seminaries all over the world. Uh, did you know our church is uh, very benevolent? We've helped a lot of people, uh, love offerings, different other ways. Uh, we help. We send young people to all kinds of activities. But all that's doing really is giving them a foundation. It's really not directly doing anything but building a foundation, really. But the greatest thing this church does is promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we all, and our church does it in a bunch of different ways, directly and indirectly. Missionaries, benevolent acts, seminaries, vacation Bible school, church camp, all kinds of cool stuff, and people get saved. Every year after church camp, we're usually baptizing. One, two, three, four, five, six. Because of you. Now I'm going to ask you, do you have a faith that's real? Are you sharing it? Aren't mother, moms are doing it, dads too, so I can preach to everybody here. And number whatever, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you living for him? As Brother Norman prepares for a song, as our musicians come, would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father, I do thank you so very much. 
that we have so many awesome moms. I mean, moms that have even, that we can just recall to our memory. They sacrifice. They did without so that we could have something. Father, I pray that we would continue with that awesome tradition of being Christ-like, God-honoring, and not fearful of people, but to say, I will share the gospel. I will live for Jesus. I will let my faith be passed down and seen. Father, I pray that those moms right now that are praying for those wayward kids or those wayward grandkids that aren't living like they should, that we wouldn't give up. We would stay on our knees. No matter what happens, that we could say, Lord, I put them in Your hands. I trust them to You. Dear Lord, help us to not rescue them, but to help them to learn that they've got to live their life following You. In Jesus' name, Amen.